friends, we got to we got to we've got mail. We've got to jump in. We're going to talk about you've got mail. We've got Norefron. We got AOL. We're going to we're going to we're going to talk about I got some fun facts about this like where you've got mail. Oh, was it was it Oh, I thought you meant the location of the movie. I was no. about to say, uh, oh, did, did you find some New York info? I didn't know. No. no. Uh, we're going to talk about some, you know, a little bit of cyber sexing. Hot. And, uh, you I'm know. I'm actually going to read some of my cyber sex tra- chat transcripts. Oh, oh my no. God. I hope now you have to deliver. No, I'm not um, and Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, welcome to another episode of the Midnight Boys present a free podcast. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my uh, my coffee drinking friends, Joe and Joe and Duff. <sighs> Too Fellas? much coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get uh, online. I had, to, I had to cut down on coffee. Yeah, because of like because uh, of poops. Uh no, <laughs> just. I it's don't know. Weird, I just weird. feel like in general it's not a weird pro- first uh, idea from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just not good to have that much caffeine in my body at all times. How much yeah, coffee do you drink a day? Uh, Probably like two really big cups. Oh, come on, man. I'm a decaf boy now, you know? I got on that, that decaf life. So and, uh, this sounds snarky, but um, what is the point of decaf? Like, uh, I, I I've never understood this. The it's the ritual. taste of coffee. It's taste of coffee, and it's a ritual for me. Like it's um, it's being able to like enjoy some of the delicious things that other people enjoy, the lattes and such, um, without the caffeine. I guess I understand a latte because that's sweeter. Decaf coffee, I would only really do if I'm at like a like a usually if I'm at like a a diner or something. But more of that is just the like routine of it. I just want a hot cup of like coffee while I'm you know eating my scrambler. All right. <laughs> I mean, I understand, but I you know I still feel like I don't really get it because it's one. But I don't know. It's just one of those things I always think about. It's kind of like light beer. Some people like the taste of coffee, Duff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just pour that Folgers down my gullet to wake me up. <laughs> uh, we're, we're gonna we're going online. We're continuing online. This is our uh, I don't know. We're getting closer episode. to closer and closer. Excuse me, closer and closer to our online. Yeah, but this on but this online still feels really different because it's like fun and happy. <laughs> For these two people specifically. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't dive into the other. Th- emails the other mails that are being exchanged here i'm sure yeah greg kinnear's character might be in some real sicko stuff that we don't that they don't uh show in the movie um uh so we're gonna talk about you've got mail right and uh it came out in what 98 i think 99 yes um 98 and uh we're continuing going online our fourth episode of the series and uh i I mean so by this point the web is getting mainstream and it's kind of like everyone's kind of dipped their toe in it and it's like all right i think it just is like mm-hmm. what percentage of households had uh internet AOL. service at at this in 1998 it's got to be over half now 
right? I would think at that point. Um, although, actually, I just looked this up. I'm sure this is right. This is a Google search. Live. Um, <laughs> it said that uh, people come to the internet had jumped from 2% of all households in 94 to 26% in 98. Hmm. Yeah. So See, like, I... I just feel like it was just starting to really blow up, and twenty five percent or so sounds right. Yeah, yeah. This was I mean, the era, this was the era when twenty five percent of all mail was AOL discs. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that's like a. That's like a. I always enjoy living through these little like bizarre moments in time, and even in the moment, you're like, "This is weird," and we're gonna look back and be like, "Hey." Do you remember when people did escape rooms all the time? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just is... like like aliens are going to come to the remains of our planet and just find a landfill that is entirely America Online 60 free hour discs. It's it's like when you were younger and you'd learn about Pet Rock. And you're like, who would do that? That's crazy. I'm like, well, at while we were saying that, we were just getting discs mailed to our house <laughs> all the time with free hours. Yeah, or it was like, how many people can we fit in a phone booth? <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it, it I, I mean, yeah, I think we talked about this before, but I think like we talked about prodigy, uh, and like AOL and those sort of like, uh, CompuServe. Yeah. CompuServe. That was a big one. This is not AOL though. It's interesting. Like, even though it's got the AOL tagline, it's like the, you've got mail. They are not, this isn't, there's a lot of things. Well, Starbucks really is the one thing that's really promoted inside the movie, yeah. but AOL is not. So that's really interesting because I hadn't actually noticed that, that you don't see like the words America Online or AOL. No, they're just sending emails. I mean, even the logo of this movie is made to look like AOL. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, okay, let's jump into what happens in this movie. People may not know. Uh, we've got it. We got Meg Ryan. We got Tom Hanks. They've returned for was this be their third, third. time together? Um, yeah. and uh, and uh, Meg Ryan owns a small, uh, quaint little uh, local bookstore, and uh, she's in a relationship. And uh, also, there's a giant bookstore being opened up like across the street. Essentially, it's uh, it's Barnes and Noble. It's not Barnes and Noble, but. It could it be is. Joe. Maybe it's Borders. borders. Uh, could be Borders. Yeah, true. Um, so uh, it's opening up across the street. Concern it's going to, uh, you know, and it eventually does uh, drive her out of business. At the same time, uh, both of them have met someone online, and they are exchanging uh, a lot of intimate emails. When I say intimate, I don't mean, like, they're not sexual in nature at all. Just, you know, they're... Um, opening themselves up to each other as they're uh, corresponding. And eventually, as you can imagine, what happens is they meet each other and they don't get along at all, and they eventually... But it's um, not because they don't... They meet outside of the context of corresponding with one another. Yes, yes. That's that's a very important detail. And also another important detail is the first time they meet, they actually get along really well when they do not know that he is the person who's putting in the giant business that's going to take hers out. Yeah. Uh, But then when she learns that, then obviously that causes quite a bit of conflict. And uh, he eventually, uh, they decide to meet, and then he, you know, she's already there, and he goes to see her, and he eventually... 
decides he spends like the last quarter of this movie gaslighting her yes <laughs> um like that classic romantic comedy movie where uh, it's a film that is built on a man um lying sociopathically to a woman for, uh, for 45 to 60 minutes he has and... more knowledge than, yeah she, he has more knowledge than she does of what's happening quite creepy he, the audience and him are aware she is not um but eventually they uh you know, at the end, they, they meet up, and... Um, Eventually, she says, oh, you and your manipulation, and then it cuts to the credits. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess uh, one thing is... is I, w- do... I will say, I, I overall like this movie. I do, too. It's, it's charming, but uh, there's a lot of points where I'm like, hmm, this is odd. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I like the first hour of it, but, man, I, I can't... I uh, personally just can't get past, like, his sociopathic behavior that's it's like to wait it's just too messed up for me it is a very weird power dynamic that is played for just kind of ah consequence free like like the the movie's attitude about it is that there's nothing wrong with it and and or in fact it's adorable because he just arranges like i guess like if you haven't seen the movie i suppose this is maybe somewhat confusing but he like sort of becomes friends with her he does yeah and he despite ruining her life um although the movie lives in this universe where your small business can be destroyed and it's just a shrug your shoulders moment and it's just an opera it's a very 90s movie in the sense that like (laughs) she loses her small business that uh, has been in her family for decades and in true 1998 fashion everyone just kind of was like oh well this is an opportunity to try something new whereas this this would have happened 10 years later um, she would have been homeless. Well, it's that it's that very affordable New York City, you know. Yeah, yeah. She's got like a full kitchen and a dining room in her apartment. Um, yeah, she seems to be doing quite well. She lives alone, which like no one does in New York City. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it isn't even the so much that she. I mean, maybe she is doing well, but the the movie is just does not even consider. I mean, money this in is that, this is the way. fairy tale yuppie yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah. This is Friends New York. Yes. Yeah. So that's a. By the um, way. The only black person in the movie, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> How yeah. weird is that? Yeah, there's As, quite a quite a list of supporting actors in that, but we'll come back to that. So he becomes friends with her despite ruining her life, and then has this like really heartfelt moment where she's going to finally meet this pen pal who is in fact him mm-hmm. later this afternoon, and he talks about how he much he wishes that they had met under different circumstances. Because, I mean, he basically all but says he's in love with her. Yep. And she just kind of is like, oh, well, too bad, bro. Well, <laughs> and, uh, well she's know, conflicted about it. You, I mean, no, she's yeah, no, you're right. She's it. conflicted, but she just really wants to meet this guy. And then it, all along, it's him. And then she goes and meets him in the park. And, like, you're right. She's just like, oh, wow, it's him. Neat. And then the movie's over. I was just like, nah. Uh, I was really liking it for a while, but... And I was getting to the point where I was like, "Have I been romantic comedy pilled? <laughs> is this the is this who I am now?" It didn't um, quite ruin it for me, but it, it is, ruined it for me. It, I thought I it can, was I can see how it could, and it's definitely something that gives you big pause. <laughs> it's so messed up. I think the I think the only parts that I find are that I have a problem with is when he's like he part of his friendship is that she is someone that he can talk to about. 
this guy that she's corresponding with. Yes! Like, that's the part where I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, you're playing both sides of this Yes, thing. it's so <laughs> messed up. I'm not if, even... if this happened to one of your friends, like, she recapped the story of this movie, would you allow your friend, would you support your friend seeing this guy? Uh, no, I would not support it. I'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> I'm, I'd be like, the, the guy who you, you lost your business to? And then became friends with you, but all along he was your secret pen pal? <laughs> no, you would not, not even, support it. I'm not even sure if that's gaslighting. It's in the same sphere. It's a cousin of it. It's so... There needs you to could be probably t- recut this movie. This is like one of those uh, movies you could recut into like a, a, a horror th- uh, trailer, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? I mean, I it, it, in in the moment, it did not bother me much. Put, but put as you talk actors about actors who you don't like in these roles, oh yeah, attitude oh, yeah. changes. So like, you can't oh, let sure. the charm of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks trick you. Like they're tricking. Like they're using their. They're, they're doing the same thing to the audience that Tom Hanks is doing to Meg Ryan. Just looking past this horrible, reprehensible behavior. And you're just like, yeah, but oh, but he's that's so how, nice and cute. That's what makes charm so powerful, Joe. Well, yes, but we <laughs> must resist. <laughs> it's gonna fall right into it. Uh, who, yeah. who else could have like who would have been famous enough in 1998 that they could have starred in this, and then we would not, but we would not have been intoxicated by them. Mm. Um, John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, good answer. <laughs> okay, so it's John Travolta and uh, it's hard. Leone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I she's fine, but yeah, she wouldn't have been enough. It wouldn't have been enough to recover. In fact, it doesn't even really matter that it's so much of Meg Ryan. It's just that it's Tom Hanks, and you yeah. just cannot believe Tom Hanks being like a really bad dude. But yeah, if John Travolta is playing this part, oh man. Yeah, We're yeah. About now, I imagine flop. like so. It's it's Gwyneth Paltrow and John Travolta, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, perfect. And it, it, you're right. You are right. You are right, Joe. But like, I guess, I, I guess when you say if you take the charm out, it's sort of like if we we're talking about an action. Like if you took all the cool scenes out, yeah, like it would be dumb. I like, oh, I know. Well, that, that's I'm not saying take out all the cool scenes. Like, it, like it just it, like the whole point of a romantic comedy is that you desperately want these two people to get together because you believe that they're right for each other and in love because they're so charming together. But, the, but the, I mean, the, I the, think the, there's no, 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 no. They aren't <laughs> really. Like he he's manip- he he's abusing her the whole I think time. This is one of those issues where i don't know where this line is but it's there's some line where especially with romantic comedies you know we're willing to accept a certain degree of bad behavior because yeah. like oh everyone's human and oh it's just exaggerate it's usually it's like exaggerations of your worst traits but then yeah. like this is something you would not do i mean <laughs> mo- most people i hope listening there's like yeah i would not do that well that's what frustrates me about like films from this subgenre is so many of them are like the drama is propelled by someone being trapped in a lie. Mm. Like it's so frequently fueled isn't that by just a person life, being dishonest Joe? and being unable to come clean about it. What? Aren't we all, isn't that just life? Aren't we all just trapped in a lie? Well, like existentially we're lying to ourselves, <laughs> but I, I'm not like saying bald faced lies to the woman sitting across from me at a coffee shop. 
Oh, you're meeting another meeting another person here? Guess he didn't show up. <laughs> oh, you want me to leave? I'm gonna sit right behind you now. Like just absolute sociopath behavior. But it's I like, fix oh, this you movie. don't want me to come up to your apartment? Oh, I'm just gonna go in with this guy here. Yes! I can fix this movie though. There, there's um, there's a person in this movie that's even more charming than so, Tom Hanks, who she should have ended up with. Steve Zahn? Yes. Park. Park. <laughs> I was Steve say. Zahn should have won her heart. Steve Zahn should have seen through this guy's BS, and Steve Zahn deserved her heart. My wife yeah. would leave me for Steve Zahn in a heartbeat. Uh, oh, yeah. Any yeah, version of him, I'm sure. You just got to take the L there. Like, well, it's Steve Zahn. Who doesn't yeah. like Steve Zahn? I don't uh, know. Apparently, just... this character. <laughs> uh, Minnesota He's right zone. there in the shop every day. Okay, so while we're kind of like uh, going on, can we? So okay, we all so we agree, we agree. Tom Hanks is charming in this movie. Outside of what his character is doing, Tom Hanks himself yeah. is charming. I guess. I mean, I. I uh, it's like, okay by the to scale say against it's the average human. Yes, but on the Tom Hanks scale, I don't. I think that this is below average charm for him. Oh, so I'm, here's here's what I find incredible, and I I'm gonna give him even a better score for the charm. Because Tom Hanks, when he was younger, uh, at this point he's like just hit 40, 41, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it looks like he has he's recovering from multiple bee stings on his face <laughs> that like he's so <laughs> he's so he's so bloated and swelled up in this movie and i'm like it is remarkable that this man it can just charm his way as a leading i think this is probably his last role as a leading man in like a romantic comedy so i well, did he mess up from castaway in this movie so i was gonna say like there there were some scenes towards the end where i'm like oh i wonder if these are reshoots because he's got that pasta weight for castaway going on here oh, oh. castaway was after this yeah, but you would imagine. I mean, no. Had, yeah, I didn't know if Castaway was before or after. I'm just that's what he I'm had asking. to. Well, first because he actually intentionally gained a little weight for Castaway and then lost. Like he, he, he exercised both ends of the unhealthy spectrum. Like he went above what he should be and then way down. Yeah. Uh, so he was probably. I think he was bulking up first. I, I'm just saying there. There's just you know like. The receding hairline had kind of kicked in a little more for him. His face is just kind of bloated up. His eyes have just Man, like catty tonight. have oh, just dropped like an Perez inch and a half over here, farther oh God, back dude. in his skull. And I all the while, I didn't think he looked that bad. You're describing him and making him sound like he's Peter Cushing or something. <laughs> like, I'm just what? saying that there's there's the promotional shots that you see. You really in this did movie. wish John Travolta was in this movie, man. <laughs> Jesus. You see the promotional shots of this movie, and I swear to God, most of them use a picture of Tom Hanks from, like, four years previous. Because uh, him in the actual movie, it's not great. I, 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 mean, I don't know. I didn't really notice I, that. I, I thought I he didn't looked think okay. he looked that different. I did think he looked a little... Like, if you look at Apollo 13, which is only a couple years earlier, he's way... I guess thinner and yeah. Rob, you just described like the elephant man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying animal. it's incredible that he's able to still like do this in it's, this kind I, of a movie. I, I, I will say we're always talking about how, you know, in, in older movies, like someone will be 30 and they'll look weathered by age. But Tom Hanks, if you're like, yeah, Tom Hanks was 40 and it's like, yeah, Looks right. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, it, I didn't. 
I, it if harkens. I ever do watch it again, I'll keep. I'll look more closely. I guess what I'm concerned about is I'm you know like. 40s approaching for us and is it is it like a rubicon is that going to happen where suddenly it's like i'm going to wake up and be like i age seven years not if we keep podcasting as hard as we do (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's a secret just got to keep podcasting otherwise your face blows up yeah tom hanks just didn't talk enough in the year leading up to this and he's too (laughs) busy collecting his stupid typewriters (laughs) i just feel like he was using like (laughs) This the soap he was using at the hotel he stayed at he was allergic to and did not know. Oh, you know what you know what he probably had? Cause this is New York, right? Yeah. He probably had one of those low flow shower heads like Kramer had oh, in the nineties, yeah. right? And he just couldn't get he just couldn't get a good shower in. And it just was like, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. God, yeah, now everyone listening knows we're forty because we just I just made the low flow shower head Seinfeld episode reference. Yeah. Jesus. Uh and also, like this is this is also the kind of the end of Meg Ryan's like. Uh, she, oh my! She died. <laughs> yeah, she did. She passed um, right after this. Uh, well, <laughs> she, she, I really hope Meg Ryan. Meg, if you're listening, I hope when this comes out, nothing tragic had happened to you. Well, well, no, did she did she do in the cut after. fairly soon after this? As yeah. you're our erotic thriller expert. Yes, she did do in the cut. <laughs> so she did do in here the cut. Here are here are things I know Meg Ryan did. Um, after this movie, I know she did in the cut, and I know she dated John Mellencamp. Otherwise, and she did I've... Kate and Leopold, which I saw mm-hmm. in the theater. Otherwise, I don't really know what happened to Meg Ryan. Well, Kate and Leopold, which is weirdly I mean, enough directed I... by James Mangold. I yeah. actually do know what happened to her is that she turned forty and she didn't get the Tom Hanks career. Well, so she that's tried. my that's why she did in the cut. Probably is she's like, well, I need to be in greater stuff. And this is why I'm bringing this up: is she looks delightful in this movie, and her and everyone movie going audience is like, nah, that too old. While Tom Hanks' face blew up two and a half, like Barry Bonds his face, <laughs> Jesus, and, like, <laughs> and had no effect on his career afterwards. Oh, okay, wait. Uh, I've been googling it. I I did find out what happened to Tom Hanks. Actually. <laughs> it wasn't from Castaway. Why he looked like this? Why? Uh, he was actually stung by thirty bees before the each before the film started. <laughs> That's shooting. what I was saying, man. And I'm just saying we all they're both like, you know, Meg Ryan is what at this point? She's probably like thirty five, thirty six. Like yeah. she's not that old. And that was kind of the end for her. Um it was kind of the end for her like leading lady so as So she had like her big well, I believe her big break was uh the when Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally, also yeah. written by Nora Ephron. She had a good 10-year run. She yeah. had, So she had a 10-year run. Tom Hanks like started being a romantic lead in like the mid-'80s with Splash. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he kind of fully gave that up. He made that awful-looking Larry Crown movie. Uh, oh, which, yeah. Like, so Tom Hanks got like 25-ish years to be a romantic Is lead. Is that – that's not as long as Cary Grant, right? Uh, Cary Grant's the one that I, I think like held on the longest in being like the romantic lead, and wasn't, the and then, head. and then it wasn't he even the one to be like, no, I'm too old for this. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Stewart did it for quite a while too, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like Rear Window, Jimmy Stewart, you're like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, Rear Window, Jimmy Stewart looks better than You've Got Male Tom Hanks, uh, and it's I don't not agree close. With that I don't agree with that at all. Uh, like, yeah, like uh, Jimmy Stewart uh, has a better body, maybe, but he looks old as hell, like from the neck up. In that, well, movie. 
least you could see his neck, unlike Tom Hanks like, in this you movie. You can't tell what his body really, like, how it looks. You don't know until someone's walking around and the whole movie's just sitting there in his chair being like, oh, boy. Oh, he has his shirt off for a while in Yeah, he has movie. his shirt off, but, like... He looks, he looks great. I will not allow so, this Jimmy Stewart slander. Well, so, do you know what? They were roughly the same age, respectively. What? So Tom no Hanks. Way. So Tom Hanks was born in 1956, 1998. So he'd be, he was born on the set of Rear Window. So he's 42. <laughs> when this movie. So he's 42. Uh, Jimmy Stewart was born 1908, and Rear Window was 54. So he's okay. So he's 12 years older. That's a big difference. Mm. I mean, I could be dead in 12 years, is what I'm saying. Dude, okay, <laughs> let's let's just put it this way. Imagine how much. I'm a swore. Imagine how much worse we're gonna look from between 42 to 54. Not with all the podcasting. Uh, yeah. Well, if we could keep it going, uh, Patreon slash Midnight Boys, or is that what it is? To keep, um. keep us young. We need to buy. We need to buy the blood bags from the from the youngs. It's not cheap. Insurance doesn't cover it. Oh man. I hope. Uh, all right. We should. We've talked quite a bit about the corpse of Tom Hanks. <laughs> God, you made me. I feel. Real, I'm starting to feel real bad about myself. You, like I, way, I got. I, I went full cat mode with Rob here. It's fun. Well, it's, it's fun to be a little bit catty sometimes. I, I mean, just you. The, what I'm the more, damage you've done to my attitude about Tom Hanks for this show <laughs> is stunning. Just the way Rob described it, I was picturing that scene in Jaws where that head pops into frame and the boat they're trying to get at underwater. <laughs> just like this bloated, pale, detached head with. Like one eye is hanging out. Like we all should have been reacting the same way Coppola did when Brando showed up to the set of Apocalypse Now. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! I'm just Turn saying, the lights I mean, off. We're only this shooting isn't them new, from but the it's, collarbone it's, up. It's not fair that like Meg Ryan, they were just like, nah, no more, and just like threw her into a dumpster. Or like, something. yeah, she, on the last day of shooting, she probably saw someone filling out a packing slip uh, with uh, the address to a glue factory. Yeah, she saw the toe tag that they had. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's like, oh, no, my Hollywood career is over. They know. They uh, know I'm over 35. One day you wake up and you're immature. (laughs) She's not like, she's probably thinking like, oh, am I still hot enough to be Spider-Man's aunt and whatever? Whatever number they're up to of Spider Men now. Like is Marissa Tomei is the only one to defeat the toe tags. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly just looked up if Meg Ryan is a uh, aunt in one of the Spider Man movies. I thought that was for real. No, Marissa Tomei. I know, I mean, but there's a lot of them, Joe. I know there's like there's like twenty there Spider Man movies. But it it is it is genuinely stunning how how well Marissa Tomei needs to talk to Tom. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. We have yeah, to we, move on. I, I, I'm ready to. We can talk about more. I mean, some of this will be. We're rebranding dark. to uh, like we're gonna we're gonna take a different picture from a tabloid every week and just this, rip this turned on. into oh TMZ. I was gonna say uh, Andy Cohen. I feel like Andy Cohen <laughs> should be on the show. I feel like we should do. We should do. We already. I'm. I'm not. We're not doing this, but we have. Uh, we should just do like our our caddy corner uh, episodes where we just. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even get into Meg Ryan's wiki feed entries yet, and like, there's just <laughs> so much. This is gonna get so much darker. That's only for the patrons. Yeah, that's oh, for the patrons. all right. Well, there's a little teaser if you want to yep. hear us talk about feet. Uh, 
so I we, we mentioned it. we mentioned Nora Ephron, but this yes. is uh, one of her biggest hits. Uh, probably like, I mean, she didn't direct when Harry met Sally, but she wrote and produced it, and she did Sleepless in Seattle. That's her biggest hit, right? Probably, I would think so. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she Speaking did this. Of Travolta. She did Michael, right? She, she did direct Michael. <laughs> uh, and I think. Uh, I don't know if it was her last project, but she did that uh, Julie and Julia movie. Oh, I've heard people really like that movie. I, I watched the, I saw the first like forty-five minutes of it in a hotel room, and it was. It, I mean, I don't know how well it goes from there, but it was extremely charming. I just couldn't yeah. figure out who was who. And that was, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nora Nora Ephron, uh, who left us not too long ago, uh, was. Uh, Where'd she go? <laughs> She died uh, ten about ten years. Ago. Toe tagged, tag her up, <laughs> dude. I, I so thank you for saying it because I almost made a toe tag joke about her three times. I was like, "That's not nice." I'm not doing um, that. Is, I I just imagine people who are like someone on. <laughs> I imagine someone who's just like God. Uh, someone finally did an episode on You've Got Mail. I'm God, like, I've been so lonely during the pandemic, and I finally found three dudes that love You've Got Mail as much as me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Duff. What you're gonna say more uh, about Nora? No, just uh known obviously for romantic comedies, but for writing smart romantic comedies, uh where uh women aren't super dumb or just objects for the man to go after. And parts mm-hmm. of this feel very much like when Harry met Sally, especially oh, the, yeah. the last ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. Which uh, I didn't think was a bad thing. No. I mean you can't go wrong with that. With Mary um, Sally as like a template. Fun fact: she uh, was married to uh, Nick Pileggi, who wrote Goodfellas, like the actual book Goodfellas. Oh, wild! Um, I mean, he's written other things, but that's his most famous work. Yeah, and di- didn't she? Wasn't she married to Bern- uh, Carl Bernstein too? Yeah, yeah, yeah she was. Um, she. I think they worked on a script of All the President's Men that actually wasn't used for the movie, but was very well regarded, and that was kind of her end to the industry. Uh, she'd been writing for Esquire and a lot of magazines. And uh, The Shop Around the Corner. So this movie is a loose remake of... Well, I mean, it's based off a play. In the, other, in, in, um, the Shop Around the Corner from 1940 um, is similar has uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart as the as the male lead and Margaret Sullivan um, as the female. Does he I, trick her for the last quarter of the movie? <laughs> well, I mean, now that you mentioned it, uh, <laughs> there is a little bit of trekking. Um, the one thing that's, like, drastically different is they all just work in the same shop. So, like, there's no, there's no, like, you know, big business taking over the small business, like, subplot. They just are people who work in the same shop, and they are, they correspond, uh, I think they somehow through the news paper or whatever, and they started writing letters back and forth. But I loved it. I watched it for the first time, um, because it's kind of a Christmas movie, kind of, um, and I watched it, uh, uh, over the holidays, and I thought it was incredible. So. Ernst Lubitsch. Yep, yep. And uh, I don't know if you like if you like you've got mail or even if you don't, I would recommend uh, you know giving it a watch. I think it's on. Uh, uh, I think our friends on HBO Max, you know, who I mean, they help pay for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what if we just made that up? Like, well, you know, Netflix we're, does help pay for this. We're just on the ledger and they forgot about us. <laughs> <laughs> just like most people did of Netflix. Um, so I, I don't know. I just want to plug that. That's that's yeah. pretty good. Um, we got some uh, some tech to talk about. Duff. Yeah. So we we mentioned that this is uh, by proxy AOL. Yeah. Uh, so this is probably the first movie since War Games where we're seeing a lot of people just on the computer. Yes. And we hear yeah. their thoughts and a lot of emailing, a lot of IMing. Mostly email though. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. Not much IMing, but yeah, some. He does slide into her DMs. That, that was a little a nice little surprise I didn't expect when he hit up her instant messenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither did she. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, there's I, a lot of other things she didn't expect about him too. <laughs> uh, they do. Uh, I do. That said, I think back to like them both being charming. I'm fine with them. Like the fact that we have like voiceover of them. Like part of my favorite parts of this movie is just the voiceover of them reading the emails, which sounds terrible, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's better than making us read it or having us like. Like either just broadcasting it on the screen or having us read the actual image. It is hilarious how like one of the I think it's the first scene in the movie is um, they both have they both have their significant others. Um, we've got uh, Greg Kinnear and uh, and Parker Posey, which I can't believe is this our first Parker Posey movie. That's Statist- wild. To, uh, statistically, that seems impossible. Yeah. That's kind of the most incredible thing about this film is they they're both of these main characters are already dating people. Um, Tom Hanks is dating Parker Posey mm-hmm. and Meg Ryan is dating Greg Kinnear. So th- you are already setting yourself up for a big challenge in having the audience want your protagonist to leave Parker Posey and Greg Kinnear, two extremely well- attractive and charming people. And the the breakup scene, uh, my wife came down when I was watching this, and uh, she had recently watched this in Sleepless in Seattle, and she mentioned how Meg Ryan always has the easiest breakup scenes in every, like, rom-com movie, where, like, whoever the ex-boyfriend is like, yeah, let's just, you know, let's yeah. just move on. And both like, cool. Hmm. <laughs> and then they go on, which is what happens here with her and Greg Kinnear, where that they're just like, neat. Uh, but the the point I was gonna men- mention was, it is funny how like the first scene, uh, they're like saying goodbye to their you know significant others. They're not married. They're neither one are, is married to them, and um, no marriage, no kids, so no, you know no collateral damage, and uh, <laughs> and like they their significant others leave, and they just scurry to the computer like, oh my god, it's time to time. They left the door. It's time to turn this on, which. In 2022 is much darker on what could happen when they turn that computer on yeah. to, like, to go on the internet. I mean, like I said earlier, this. like it was the 90s. Everything was like wholesome and fun and online was new. And, you know, like Joe said, less Nazis. <laughs> so I want to talk about You've Got Mail, not the movie. Um, the sound. But a couple things. The sound that the, 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 the like, you know, You've Got Mail that would play. Uh, I end up looking up the guy who did this this guy named elwood edwards he was a voice actor and he did the voice so he would he would do the like welcome you've got mail and like uh goodbye those things that aol would say and apparently he just did them all on like like on a cassette deck he just recorded it all and sent it off and um 
I think there were some connections he had. Uh, and then now, I mean, just <laughs> do you want to like talk about like what happens when as you get older and uh, you know your company gets put out of business? Uh, Uber driver now, guys. Oh, out there driving Ubers. But before that, before that, he had a website which isn't there anymore. But you can go back on the Wayback Machine and find called uh, Making Waves, MakingWaves dot com. Uh, wave files. Yes. Yes. And uh, you could pay him um, between it was ten dollars for one file or twenty five dollars for five files. And if you had AOL installed on your or you could you could order like customized you've got mail um you could you could have them customize those recordings for you so like it would be like you've got mail joe <laughs> <laughs> duff welcome <laughs> man voiceover work um, it's wild how that works how you know this i mean it was probably just like uh one of 30 jobs that dude did that week and he didn't think about it and it ended up being like a touchstone for the 90s can you imagine wanting to have your computer make a sound i don't i don't even like the idea of having my computer make a sound when i get an email can you imagine having like being okay with like a five second clip i go I, i it drives me nuts that some people don't have their phones on silent at all times and that's a good point just noises what's going on yeah so we've, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, but this is sort of a – the internet is not dark. It's not very dark no, at this point. And, and to be fair, also just the the general mood in America as well. Like this is obviously a pre-9-11 movie in every oh, way yeah. possible. Just That's a good point. Like New yeah. York, New York is – you know spring and winter new york it's magical it's, it is a very magical new york in it's this movie. you know every it's the the upper west side it's it's coffee shops and oh well my business went under and it is interesting in as this joe movie. said it's the friends new york one like weird thing about this movie is like there's this subplot about like uh you know her small business uh being taken over by you know this barnes and noble essentially and, you know, for a while she gets, like, locals to get involved and, and, you know, it's a news story for a while. Mostly because her boyfriend can write in a newspaper about it. Um, but what's also weird is what do we see her do every single day? Every single day. What does the Meg Ryan character do? Goes online. She goes to Starbucks. Oh. Yeah, the product placement in this movie is wild. And... And that's fine, but it is like part of me is like, did anyone be like, <laughs> while this person is being like, this giant company is coming in and yeah. taking over my small bookstore as every morning she gets her like you know venti uh, <laughs> latte from Starbucks. Everyone that owned like a small coffee shop in New York when this movie came out is just like aghast, like um, <laughs> <laughs> what what is this lady doing? Okay, I'm. I, I agree 100%, but I was really afraid that Rob was going full boomer there, and he was going to say, oh, she was losing money. She'd still afford that Starbucks. Oh, oh God, no. yeah, that's a classic boomer statement, too. No, no, uh, no Yeah, no, just no. cut out that latte every day and put it in a mutual fund instead. Yeah. Retire <laughs> five af- years earlier. You can afford that operation if you don't have your avocado toast. You know, a major part of this is her bookstore is going to get shut down. Yeah. Yeah, and the other cultural part of this movie is this was this like weird time when america just fell in love with corporations and mergers 
and because well, I, <laughs> I fell in love av- is a strange way of putting it. Well, um, like, just like they were cool. Like there's all- bipartisan. Were they cool? I don't know. There's like bipartisan consensus that it, that it was like good, but like, did the regular people like it? There was just all this kind of buzz about like big companies and mergers. Like this was this movie predates it by a year, so it was like the era of the AOL Time Warner merger. Yeah. 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 And and everything worked out great for both of those companies. Yeah, you know everything <laughs> went fine. <laughs> but it yeah, was just I, it was I think it was just when uh, no one was uh, when I I'm just generalizing. Obviously, there were people who were sounding alarm bells at the time. But yeah, um, but it's just generally people are like, oh, that's cool. This mega corporation should buy this corporation. That makes sense. I'm well, I, I agree. I think with your like overall like statement about like the like the the general american attitude about the economy like like we're in a really unique time period where it really genuinely seemed like one and this is a fact like in this like sort of pre-9-11 but post-cold war world that the united states is invincible Mm -hmm. everything is going to always keep getting better Mm -hmm. and like we were too young to like totally absorb and understand this at the time but you know it it seems like um that you know my 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 feelings about that time period back then it just and and from you know in looking at popular culture from back then you could really see it right it it was a sense that things were only going to get better yeah that that's the most important thing whereas like that has been totally completely been destroyed yeah like does anyone think anything is going to get better no (laughs) <laughs> when was the last time and you I, I, and obviously I mean we're just three dudes but like I, I don't know when is the last time you felt a genuine like anyone felt a genuine sense of like optimism that we were on to bigger better things like I guess like some people felt that way in 2008 uh, I was uh, going to say the was Obama elected. election yeah and then that lasted yeah. what like three months if that you know like so well we cured racism and moved on <laughs> so it's it's for the for the most part since this movie came out or since fairly shortly after this movie came out um the the sort of entire american attitude is completely transformed yeah and and that that trickles down even to things that are supposed to be distractions from it like rom-coms yeah and it, so it, or it's the internet fascinating to yeah. go back yeah and, and watch yeah at the way yeah, to bring in the both like sort of American culture at the time and sort of the attitudes about the internet specifically, whereas now every every the sort of general attitude for most people is that things are getting worse and will probably continue to, and that the internet uh, fuels a large part of that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's it's funny to see like both the the general optimism and then the optimism about the internet specifically in this movie, and then. Yeah, that didn't work out. The best part, though, is if you did take someone now and put them in on those computers and were like, hey, the Internet's less bad now, but now you have to use it at this speed. After about, like, three <laughs> minutes, people would be like, I'm not doing this. This is terrible. I'll yeah, go this back. sucks, man. I'll go back to where it was fast and I could do it on my phone. I'll just go read a book. Um, uh, yeah. No, I don't. I, uh, that's a good point. I realize that we skipped right over cyber sex, guys. Yeah, well, it doesn't actually happen. It's, but, but early on, it is a joke. Early on, yeah, like they, did you? Yeah, uh, her co-worker, dirty the, cyber sex. She said, "The old lady." 
Yeah, yeah it, like in the store, one of her uh, employees asks if they've done that. And do you believe her when she says no? Yes, I yeah. do believe that Meg Ryan, that Meg Ryan character was is not cybersexing anyone. Do you think she's ever had sex? <laughs> well, not with Greg Kinnear's character. <laughs> that I'm sure of. Do but remember, maybe when she was younger. Um, do you remember the the moral panic over cybersex? And yes. to to be fair, I mean, obviously there is a huge inherent uh, opportunity for dudes being creepy, but that was that was like a big panic, and then just kind of we're like, oh, never mind, it just went away. Well, I mean, it, the, the, or did it just it, morph into everything? Well, about I think the it's internet? always it's with these new technological innovations that there's always like largely a, a, a parent fueled fear of like, oh my god, our children could be doing this, you know? I mean, I, I I feel quite certain that people are seeing a lot more dicks at earlier ages than they did before. Um, we'll have to with get the like, research staff on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, before it was like, oh, they're going to they're going to like, you know, write dirty words back and forth to each other. Like that was the concern versus like, you know, uh, probably the what's happening, you know, with just uh, everyone, we all have cameras now. We can send messages like yep. dick pics is what I'm referring to, guys. <laughs> dick pics yeah i have so all right this actually segues into a tale of the early web that i'm not uh, super comfortable with and i wasn't mm, even going to tell spi- the story a spicy take but i will it's right it's not will. cyber sexing but it's not far from it okay i'm ready yeah. I mean, okay. is it is it spicier than the tiffany amber Thiessen pics in the woodshed or whatever yeah yeah it is Ooh. um okay so all right uh, this would have been, yeah, I, I think a previous one I talked about, like, you know, going in the chat rooms and the teen talks, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I, I need to, like, the important part of the story, and I guess why I feel bad about it, is the important part of the story is I was a teen, right? Like, I was not, I'm not an adult male in this Ooh, situation. Oh, this type of thing doesn't start well. <laughs> I know. I understand. This is why I'm not sure how I even feel about this story, but I'm going to tell it. Look, we were, all, we, were, we were all young and dumb. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, like probably 13 14 somewhere around there and uh i I was over at a friend's place and i think we were we were you know we were we're chatting in the chat rooms Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we were talking to and for i'm guessing it's the typical thing where like one person's doing the typing the other person is like a vulture on their shoulder yeah like no 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 say this no say say that say this man yeah so so we're doing this and (laughs) I don't know if I've told this story before. Um, what probably probably me probably me had the idea because uh, I'm the idea, as we've established I'm an ideas guy <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sometimes I have ideas. Hey, there's there's no bad ideas in uh, brainstorming. So I uh, had uh, we had asked for a pick, guys, from a lady. And from the lady now that seems easy but it wasn't right because like if you didn't have a picture saved on your computer of, a, of yourself or whatever like how are you you oh, know no there's way not to... webcams there's not you know what are you gonna do yeah no way to get that like i mean it sounds silly but i'm i'm not like it's not an outrageous statement oh so uh we convinced this 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 girl um to um 
This game's gonna have to go on after dark. Jesus Christ. We convinced her to uh uh scan her breasts with an actual scanner. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I'm dead serious. Like, did it look like a photocopy? Like someone sitting on the photocopy yes, machine? It did. We got it. You know, which oh obviously took forever to get. Was and it, all, it arrived? And like was it also <laughs> not sexy at all. Like was, it's just <laughs> I was gonna say, is it uh it was probably all smushed or like a Picasso or something. Yes. You, you're like, hey, can you send me an X-ray? That's basically what you asked for. Just like like a black and white, uh, like it was like abstractly it, human body shaped. It was like I, those people Superman traps in the Phantom Zone who are like trying to, <laughs> that's trying to I get just out. feel, I, I, I don't know the situation. I hope whatever the scenario was, hopefully this girl was just some of her friends and it was like they were laughing about it and like some one of them like, I'll do it, who cares, and or something. What I really hope it is and it's just some girl that was like, okay, and has this, <laughs> this memory in her head forever that one time she just like laid her chest on a scanner. And uh, here's the other thing, scanners didn't move fast. It wasn't like you'd be there for a little bit for it to scan. I, I was going to say the fact that they had a scanner. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a big deal to have a scanner. and this It was a big deal to have a scanner. Early to yeah. mid-90s. Those weren't cheap. We did have a scanner in like late 90s, I would say. Um, but yeah. Still wasn't cheap. So yeah, we got that picture. And it was one of those moments I remember like, you know, you, you finally get the image and you open it up. And it was like this thought of like, oh, wow, that's... That's she did it, and then also like this is not f- fun. <laughs> this is, it's like a, a dare that went too far, and you're like, oh yeah, there's the the dog that caught the car. <laughs> yep, we should probably log off. This is weird. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's criminal or anything. It's no, just, I mean, like I just, said, I was probably 14 it's at just the time. Kids being kids, it would be weirder if like you were in your 20s or something. That would be very weird. Um. And that was not the case. But, yeah, I was probably, I don't know, probably eighth grade, something like that. Maybe. Oh, man. Maybe ninth grade? <laughs> I wonder I wonder if it, like, was awkward and hurt her to, like, bend over the scanner. I had to be awful. I, I honestly, I think that's what makes this story so tough for me is I just think of her end of it now and being like, oh, man. What a. <laughs> should have should have put your. Oh, you, did you have a scanner? Uh, I was at my friend's place. I believe he did have a scanner, but none of us couldn't put your sack anything. on the scanner. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's that, exactly what he that did not occur. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, just oh, man, just <laughs> tales from the dark tales. Rob's tales of the early web. That oh. one, that one, I didn't even have listed. That's an extra one for you guys. That was a good one. Whew. Do you Whew. feel better? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if I feel better about it. Um. Uh, related before we uh we're talking about AOL. Related to asking someone to tits. <laughs> not related to that. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to. There's not a great segue from yeah. scanned breasts. <laughs> no, not really, dude. Um. um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing you like in that Tim and Eric sketch, like that Paul Rudd's in. You're just like sipping your decaf coffee. Um. Can you show me another angle computer? <laughs> Just kind of like t- type it away on your keyboard. Should oh, we man. should we make NFTs of us uh, making scans? Scanned. We should buy scanners and make NFTs of our chests. Uh, I've got a scanner right next to me. Perfect. That I'm would be their NFTs tonight. The Midnight Boys NFTs. <laughs> oh, that's such a, I mean, 
Whatever pays the bills, man. Let's get a... Whatever gets us out of our day jobs. <laughs> Let's get on the blockchain. Um, <laughs> the boob uh, chain. Has anyone Jeez. made uh, boob coin? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right. Well, uh, what did what did you what did you learn about this week that um, the internet told you that uh, you wish you didn't know? Now we're telling everyone so that they know. <laughs> uh, it wasn't just this week. I didn't just sure. learn about it, but. Uh, you don't need to post about Wordle. You can do the Wordle. I do the Wordle. Yeah. You don't need to post about it. I have a text group with friends that we send our Wordles, but that's like you opt into the Wordle group. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I I don't have to see, like, posts. And I guess it wouldn't even be so bad if, like, the internet is just so effing starved for content that'll get clicks. Like, all of a sudden, like, things like CNET will have three articles about Wordle. It's like, oh, have some self-respect. I bet by the time this episode actually comes out, none of that will be around anymore. Like Wordle, Well, I mean, the New York Times bought it, and I'm sure. No, I mean, the it. game will still be there, but, like, no one's going to be writing about it or posting about it anymore. Well, I good. mean, I will say my only defense is, like, most of everything I, like, especially on, like, Twitter is just, it's terrible. So, like, just seeing some green and yellow blocks is often better than whatever tweet I'm missing. I mean, all right, we're, <laughs> it's cleared that low bar of it's, it's not about the world ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it is like, oh, that's better than a war. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. Um, what about you, Joe? Uh, so it, mine is more of just like a category of person, which sounds like I'm about to do say something really racist, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> we're recording this in the first week of March, and one th- I, I've had it with these people for a while. But I'm I'm just ready to erase from my mind. I don't know where you're going with this. I'm terrified. Any, anyone? <laughs> you go, I've had it with these people for I'm, a while. I'm wondering how many patrons we lose. A- anyone with a Substack, I think, needs to go. Like oh. like the the spicy the Substack crowd and, and like maybe like all, I would say I haven't blocked a lot of people on Twitter, but I would say a healthy percentage of the people I have blocked are like dipshit pundits with. Substack accounts that like um, are probably like pumped up by Peter Thiel money, and since this uh, war in uh, the Russians invaded the Ukraine, like the whole like Substack contrarian crowd has just really entered a whole new level. And it doesn't even matter that I blocked them, um, because their posts are so bad and their essays are so bad that I can't escape the screenshots either. So basically, like the brand of like the Substack, like one account I, I really hate this guy, the no opinion guy. I'll just just read this sentence to you. <laughs> Nuclear winter is really bad, but I don't have to finish it. That, that's basically been that is the Substack brand right now. Uh, yeah, for a certain a lot class of people of like. People. Oh, why don't we just blow up that convoy of tanks going of Kiev? Like, a lot uh, of warhawks out there just suddenly coming out there. But just, it's, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird though because it's not the usual warhawks. No, because you know, I mean, now it's the because of politics and whatnot. And um, but yeah, now it's like just and honestly, I don't feel like this is too different from uh, you know sites that have no business doing so having like Wordle essays. Is it's just oh war is in i'll get some clicks get those get those takes 
yeah, it, it's just the the economy of like online, and I'm whew, using this word as loosely as one can use it. But a lot of these people, well, I'm not using it loosely in this sense. A lot of these people used to be sort of pseudo journalists, I suppose, like like that idiot Matty Iglesias or whatever, like wrote for Slate for a while and a few other places, and then. Like the sort of the new economy is just I don't need to have a or like that Glenn Greenwald dipshit. Like I don't need to have a publisher. I'll just go straight to my like kind of like Patreon, my subscribers, and then I could just post whatever insane rant I want as an essay, which and it's is earlier by contrarianism, right? Which which is I mean, contrarian point aside, like is kind of a throwback to earlier internet. Where it's like I'm gonna blog about something. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna but write the difference is it. is that back then it was like sort of relatively independent and not, um, you know, like a person just posted their stuff, right? And maybe yeah. it found an audience. Like you talked about a few episodes ago, and it, you could kind of discover that, and it's kind of neat, right? You you'd yeah. find people, but now it's uh, like, well, there's all this like murky, like like sort of funding underneath it that i mean i don't know that this has ever been proven but it's there's a lot of people that think like a lot of uh the money that allows these idiots to write all this stuff is driven by like you know peter Thiel or uh, i don't know how substack even came into existence because even by the very low standards of getting venture capital like where's the profit in substack it is astounding to me because it's not as if that was new. It's just like, I, I remember everyone was like, oh, so it's like Medium? And they're like, yes, but you have to individually subscribe to every author. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be like if, if we just like... But they all, take a cut. I mean, they just take a cut of the people of the, the people who pay. Yeah, but like, like, I don't know how transparent Patreon is right now about like how much each show makes or something. But it'd be like all if like all of a sudden we started like our, our show started becoming all about like... Uh, you know how awesome like Mar- like Disney properties are, and it's because um, you know D- Disney was subscribing to our Patreon for you know yeah six hundred thousand dollars a month, but no one knew that you know like we sort of give off the impression it's all driven by subscribers, but the vast majority of our income is coming from like two or three incredibly wealthy subscribers. It's really no different from the days of payola on the record. Industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of exactly the same thing, just on yeah, a much that's fair. much larger scale. So I'm ready to erase like these uh, like ostensibly like centrist uh, contrarian pundits from my brain, especially like this these last couple days where like a couple of them have taken the stance of like, well, actually a nuclear war isn't as bad as we were led to believe it would be growing up. It's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, How about you hop on a boat and head over to Ukraine? Then big guy, listen, listen to our war games podcast. (laughs) I mean, it just drives me nuts. Like the keyboard warriors are just, it just really makes me upset. So I'm ready for them to go, but that's, that's enough about that. Rob. Um, this one is um, a little bit different, but I, I, I didn't know where else to go on this. So I went and saw uh, Beach House. Um, Duff knows this already, uh, but I went and saw Beach House. Yeah, uh, I saw them week. years ago. They, they put on a good show. Right? Yeah. And so my Beach House relationship is like their first couple albums came out in like 2010. Teen Dream is, uh, I love that album, and then like Bloom. And, and they've had a bunch of other albums since, and they're all good. They're all good. They're critically acclaimed. Um, like people like them. Uh huh. But like they're not 
like hit makers by any means. And so I went to go to the show and, you know, part of it is just like our own, our own like brains. My brain is always like, well, I'm sure everyone who goes to the show looks like me, like, you know, like is around my age, right? Like you just assume like, oh, that's, that's what it is. So I go to the show and it is, wow, did it skew young. Like, uh, and the reason I know is because you wear like a different color bracelet if you can drink or not. And a lot of people had the bracelet that they cannot drink. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I looked on Spotify and they had one song. Okay, I'm going to get to this. Yes. So is it on a TV show or something? That's what I thought. Okay, so what Joe's getting to is a song called Space Song. Uh, if, If you look at like their, if you like look at their like popular songs, right? Like number, like two through five all have between like 30 and 50 million um streams which is like good but like yeah they earned about ten dollars from that <laughs> yeah whereas space song off like one of their albums that i wouldn't even consider like one of, i don't know whatever space song has and an album that came out like four or five years ago now yep has 350 million plus streams and I found out afterwards. I read an interview with the uh, with the band, TikTok guys. There was like a TikTok thing for a while where people were, or maybe there was one TikTok. I don't know. I feel old even saying the words TikTok. Yeah. Um. But, but, but like that is that's what how happened. songs. That's how songs get big now. Yeah. Which I guess I guess did I not want to know this? I guess the internet helped me solve a thing. I didn't know. I didn't know why there was like so many nineteen year olds at the show. But it's because, and I found the video, and it's just like three people, and the song plays, and then they float in the air. I'm not really sure which part of this you want erased from your brain. You're just mad that you're old. Yeah, yeah, I'm mad is that, that I'm old. Is that what it is? Yeah, the, the, the whippersnappers were out there, like uh, you know, vaping and not drinking beer and ruining Listen, your concert. I took my, <laughs> I took my six foot two ass and stood right in front of them. So. <laughs> Your ass is six feet tall? Yeah, it's how tall it is. Just this reminds ass. me of uh, in 2000, I went to see REM with my friends. And there was, like, this dude who got mad that we were there. Because, like, and I'm oh, like, sorry, man. Sorry that I didn't go see them play some dingy club and do Murmur when I was four years old. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's fair. I, I should point out, I'm not mad. I just, it was, I just, I was totally unexpected. Like, I was just like, huh. This is, and I couldn't figure out why it would be, and and then I, as Joe mentioned, like you said, the Spotify song, and then you kind of like, and I thought the same thing. Was this in like Euphoria or something? But no, it's just because of a because of a, a singular TikTok Man, video the from a couple love years Euphoria, ago, dude. Holy cow! Yeah. Um. All right. So what's up next, stuff? Uh, I want to note that I, this was not even my idea, but uh, Halloween, it was in the spirit of you, Halloween though. Resurrection. Yeah, uh, it's in the spirit of you, Duff. This is <laughs> this is your this is your content. I mean, we went long in this episode. The next one's gonna need an intermission. <laughs> this, <laughs> we're gonna go into like Joe Rogan territory on the next one. It's gonna be three hours about yeah. perfect, uh, and uh, and obviously, if you want to hear more. Uh, you want you, if you got the rom com fever? Yeah, we did an episode on Pretty Woman, but you can go to patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. We have uh, we have a lot. I I don't. We've done a lot of um, uh, these these um, paid podcast episodes. Like it's kind of added up. 
I think uh, we're going to run time. out of movies. I think there's only like maybe, what, 10, 20 movies tops that we haven't seen and talked <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, we've done uh, 28 movies on Patreon. So, like, if you're like, ah, uh, I'm tired of waiting all this time between their seasons, there's content for you. Heck, by the it's time this there. comes out, there will have been an additional one. Yeah, We yeah. have not even decided what we're doing yet, but yep. the, the March one will be out by the time this comes out. All right, well, we'll be back next week uh, talking about Halloween Resurrection. Goodbye.